You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Thousands of years ago, the land was full of peace, but not really. A lot of political unrest and angry people at each other. And the result of this... The dark heretic, he who should not be talked about, created a giant wall, a rift of you will, uh, if you will, a fold in time and space that is sheer darkness. People of all life, all creeds, all types of towniness pray that one day a sun summoner would come and decide that that dark fold should go away. Alina, our protagonist, is best friends with Mal, and this is like friends for life stuff, because they're orphan buddies, what what, family forever, (laughs) embark on a journey to discover their own power and discover each other on this new Netflix series, Shadow and Bone, based on a very popular book series called the Grisha Trilogy, Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. Now... Being a snob-ass hell type of person who carries a monocle. Not going to whip it out this time, though. Yeah. Don't whip it I out. I did read this book I because uh, I'm well-read <laughs> for preparation of this. This Netflix series is full of wonderful characters. I think so. The book itself, Shadow and Bone, I actually adored quite a bit and think it's a wonderful book to introduce your children, your family to fantasy. But that book is Alina first person point of view only. What? How did Netflix manage to milk eight episodes nearing the hour of each one out of a first person narrative? Money. (laughs) I think they used a lodestone. (laughs) <laughs> they used a cash summoner yeah, cash summoner mastercard spell <laughs> swipe tap i won't be alone talking about this i am not wandering in the fold with me the original dark heretic elliot whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Oh. that's and better we- on video <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah le- yeah don't forget that subscribe Listeners, folks that- yeah, like it's a subscriber summoner. <laughs> we also have a, a pitch perfect summoner with us, Harmony. Hello. Yay. <laughs> and the best skiff captain this side of Keshka, according to all the Bolsheviks, Robert Garza is with us. Hurry, the dark is coming. What's going on? Where is everybody? <laughs> it's a podcast, man. <laughs> 
this series, a book series and Netflix series, I see, they dove right into this lore and have the exposition explored in many different ways. Some fun, some boring. What did you all think of this as a first step to clearly a six, seven, maybe even eight season show? I was really lost uh, for at least half of this show. Um, I think maybe if I went back and watched it again, I'd probably be better off. But there is, um, I think this shows why something like the Lord of the Rings movies had a little intro that kind of sets the whole world for you. This like just dumps you right into the middle of this world and um, kind of expects you to know stuff to be honest. And I, I, I was just really lost about a lot of these summoners and what's the fold. And these people are taking this ship on a track to the fold. And then these like dragon, but not dragon kind of winged monsters attack them. It's, um, and the whole world is kind of, uh, it, it's like kind of like early, uh, 19th century Europe. Kind of mm-hmm. like style. East European, yeah. yeah, yeah, very, yeah. There's a lot of sort of, uh, and and even sort of the language has a um, Cyrillic look to the alphabet. Um, so I, I really did appreciate the world building in that sense. But I mean, right off the bat, there is so much. There are there are a lot of characters being thrown at you. A lot of sort of power dynamics going on, and um, yeah, I, I mean, even still, right now, I don't understand, frankly, a lot of it. Um, I would need to go back to really, I think, get what a lot was going on. Yeah, definitely. Well, I got to say, go ahead, Brad. Oh, sorry, I got to say, as I interrupt Harmony, you make a great point. The first book didn't cover like 80% of what we're seeing here. I was told by someone even more well-read than me, I know, try to imagine, that there are actually several of the books kind of crammed into here, and most of them are a part of the, you know, the extended series world-building offshoot books, which are very entertaining, I'm sure. Harmony, as you were saying. Well, well as I was saying, I, I actually rather enjoyed this. Like, it, it was... It does take a couple episodes because I'm like, who is this person? Like, what? <laughs> oh, look, there's more people we've got to meet. And that, that can be stressful when you're doing, like, a one-hour show where you're doing all this world-building just to kind of follow what's happening. Um, but... Overall, I really enjoyed it. I yeah, it's I'm I kept on comparing it to Avatar: The Last Airbender because like oh okay look they're they're a wind so, they're a, a air airbender you know or whatever and firebender I will not call them in fairy they are absolutely firebenders, um, but yeah I after I got over okay we need to know at least twenty people to figure out kind of what's going on <laughs> that but that I was able to enjoy it but it is it is very. Game of Thrones in that aspect that there's a lot of people who are all important in in these these eight episodes. Yeah, but it's like the first it's like it's like the first season of Game of Thrones, right? Really condensed into eight episodes in terms right. of like power dynamics and just mm-hmm. characters going on, you know? Yeah, which is but, a lot. Yeah, which is yeah. a lot. I mean, I, I'm coming off as a little harsh because I actually did like this uh, series. I was really kind of bum on it for the first half, and then. There's some stuff that happens around chat. episodes four <laughs> or five that kind of um, piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually came out more positive on this show than negative. 
I think a lot of the issues, which aren't issues in the long run because nothing's worse than boring exposition. Like a guy will step into frame and be all like, uh, Pesicola is on the move. I, the bar owner of the White Crow, need to pay special attention to this because of all the debt that I owe for the slave trading industry that I'm trying to stop. Isn't that right, Inej? And she's like, that's right. <laughs> and then they kind of look, but wait, then they kind of look at each other and it's all, wait yeah, a second, what's here? going on between these two? Robert, how do you feel about this? I'm, I'm particular, particularly smitten with it since we're all, you know, since nobody's listening to this and you told me we're not recording. I didn't watch Game of Thrones <laughs> until season five. Oh, no. And I don't mean that then I like I started with season five because at that point, the people in my life, like if I wanted to spend time with them by season five, like I, I just had to get into it. So I <laughs> if you love friends. You had to well, watch Game of Thrones. Well, <laughs> it, it had just permeated to a point. To where, like, if I wanted to, you know, if we were only going to meet once a week and it was Monday night, you know, so I was like, all right. But I, I didn't watch anything before that. Mm-hmm. They had been talking about it for five years. So I figured that was it. And I almost hit Bradley up because he mentioned that he read it before it started and be like, oh, what should I expect? And, you know, if they're doing the whole thing. But I think it's a stylistic thing to what, like, Elliot's saying. I think that it's it's got to be jarring for fantasy fans that. Like that first episode is the third act of most fantasy movies. Yeah, and I love that aspect of it mm-hmm. because I like getting really into it. But like ap- halfway through the first episode, you already pretty much knew how the cards were dealt. There was a little shifting later on, you know, that was good plot stuff and some broadening broadening of the horizons and the stakes and stuff. But I dug that aspect of it that they just like straight went into the thing. And just like Game of Thrones, um, I have a couple that I love very much in here, and Mina and Mateus, I, or Nina and Mateus. I just loved it, man. I thought yeah, I thought that <laughs> for a show that moved as fast as it did, I was very happy that some of the tender stuff we got didn't have to be between Alina and uh, is it Mal Malin or yeah. Mal Malin Mal. Yeah. Of course, we want to see that with them, but I think a lot of shows that hinge on a couple end up giving so much couple stuff that everybody's secondary is strictly secondary mm-hmm. and just plot device type stuff. But I love Kaz's gang. I mentioned to y'all that I think, I think uh, the head of the crows is our little boy, Sid from toy story, all grown up with the chip <laughs> off his shoulder and making amends <laughs> one day at a time. I really dug all of that. I dug that, you know, we got some talk of brothels and all that other stuff, but we didn't get bogged down. This really stayed pretty plot driven. It was a lot, that was going on, but we didn't get a lot of, Oh, what happened this day at the pub and you know, stuff like that. So I dug the pace, but I also don't watch a lot of fantasy stuff probably because I'm not as into the drawn out stuff. Not that I've still seen Lord of the Rings and I like those films and stuff, but there's shows that I've not watched because I'm like, Oh, well, you know, like I said, Game of Thrones looked neat, but I just didn't, I I didn't want to commit to some. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I loved it. The Irregulars is something we reviewed not too long ago. And I put this in the same universe of TV show. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch these. These kind of period, kind of supernatural, lots of characters, fast-paced stuff. I dig it. So, like, I think this is a, a big win for Netflix. I, I was really into it from from the get-to-go. It's just, like, sometimes it just takes a lot to, like, 
Where are, who are all these people? <laughs> we couldn't believe the end of the first episode. We were like, did we just watch the last one? I was like, like, was that? Are these people this was in the trailer, but did, was that it? <laughs> I thought these people were important. Not even an, <laughs> yeah. not even an epilogue no. or, or things to come. Yeah. Mateus, the character who is with Nina, they travel together, or rather survive together, because they're on different sides of the coin that's in the same currency for the whole kingdom. Very political. Played by Callahan Scogman and Danielle Galligan. Now, the Nina thing, I think she's gorgeous, and I loved her chipper, cheery performance. But the whole Mateus calling her a stupid wretch that needs to know her place, and her being like, Ooh, that's my turn on. <laughs> my king. That wasn't a little strange to either. Well, how about the whole, uh, how about the whole, like, like, high school fantasy, um, like, oh, we got stuck in the cold, so we have to huddle together for warmth. Yeah. Uh, uh, scene that dragged on for, like, ten minutes that was, like... <laughs> Fine, include that if you want. Like, sexual tension is fine, but they drew it out so long that it was like, guys, this is just childish. Like, <laughs> No, I agree with you. The, her inner monologue. Uh, I dug it because I dug it because it got pushed so far is kind of what I got out of it. Because it went so far as him complaining that, yeah, I'm a prude. And her be like, yeah, and you're still fucking stupid. You know, I, I like that. It, it was a, it's hard to call it a long joke, but yeah, that scene probably wasn't doing very much. I mean, yeah, it, it seemed to really extend a lot of the run times of the episodes. But, you know, like I said, I think the Nina character and that actress, Danielle, is so like big and charismatic and fantasies need that. Yeah. You know, Game of Thrones had that in uh, Tyrion Lannister because everyone else was kind of like, she she felt like a Game of Thrones that. character to me a lot. I was just not a, a, a an insult, but she very felt kind of yeah. like. Oh, I think she could fit like right into that. Written by George R. R. Martin. Yeah, I want to talk about my favorite character, which is Milo the goat. Like Milo <laughs> the goat's the hero. <laughs> he is. He is the the goat. Is the goat. Greatest of For all time. sure. Yeah. Greatest of all Greatest time. Greatest of all time. And like that comfort goat is <laughs> amazing. It was such a great scene. Yeah. There's such a great scene on Jasper's that, that so boat cool. in the middle. Ja- he's so he's so cool. Like he's too cool. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Jesper. The, the, oh, Jesper. Jesper the, uh, is cool on us. They give him the comfort goat to calm him down and he reaches yeah. Zen. Yes. It's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, he's a part of the uh, the trio that we follow. Yeah, Kaz, Inej, and Jesper. Their little finger if he was a sexy youth of three, a trio, a sexy trio. <laughs> he seems <But> nicer. Jesper. <laughs> a little bit. Played by uh, Jesper Faye, played by Kit Young, Inej Gaffa, played by Amita Suman, and Kaz Brecker, the scowling leader of the trio, played by Freddie Carter. I'm sure he's nice. They are not in the first novel at all, oh. and... By this series end, I was like, "Good freaking choice, yeah. including them in this." Absolutely, series. because yes. I will say when you you mentioned it's earlier that time. this is this is a long term commitment, like six mm-hmm. or seven seasons. I can't wait to watch yeah. those three together. There's mm-hmm. there, there's just something they've got the sweet, the one that keeps messing up, but they love him anyway, and 
His little scene in the barn, all that stuff was cute. I, yeah, he's, I really he's enjoyed them. Even when I didn't understand what was going on, every scene with Jesper um, <laughs> hooked me because the actor is just having so much goddamn fun with that character. And he is a fun character. And his role in the story is really kind of interesting and dynamic. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sort of like, I don't want to say shifting allegiances, but kind of like that, that you know, kind of shifting power dynamics. I dug that with Alina's character, too, that she doesn't have a massive amount of dialogue, but we get to see her pick the wrong side, get hoodwinked, all the stuff that, you know, isn't in in some of these shows, they go a little too centric on the main character, which you say in its first person perspective, that's great that they took such a big swing to mix it up because there was, what, 15 probably stories we could have followed in this? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So how many stories? Alina Starkov. Yeah. Like yeah. at least four. Played by Jesse May Lee. Yeah. And also, I really like this. So they did like multicultural cast and made, made not like made comments about the fact that they are of di- different races, not in a, I don't know, but, but in at least like, like there is like a system, of, there is a systemic racism in this fantasy world and it is talked about. And, it, you know, very much mirrors our own. Um, so I, I actually really appreciated that they, they, you know, brought that up instead of making it a multicultural cast and then never talking about it. You know what I mean? So I, I appreciate that it was at least a part of the casting was a part of the story and not just, you know, being multicultural to be multicultural. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and you buy that the tensions are at like a boilerplate because someone will be like, "What do you know, you fatherless loser, Grish?" Yeah. <laughs> and someone in the back, like instead of like, "Oh my gosh, did you guys hear that?" People around would be like, "That's right." Yeah. Get out of our town! Like, damn, everyone's awful. What you're saying, Harmony? You know, I like that they did that with Alina's character being part shoe. They're saying, and they do mention that at the beginning, which some shows, you know, will lightly touch on stuff. But then she gets out of the castle and tries to grab from a fruit stand. And here it comes. Yeah. You know, get get your shoe money out of here. And that was cool that, like you said, they, they, it was alive. The world, the world seemed yeah. really cool for how fast it started. It didn't start in some small town and move in. They just went. Meanwhile, and the whole thing started. It felt very real. I think is 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 kind of what I was trying to go for that it it's you know people are terrible <laughs> in every world because <laughs> because Alina grew up an orphan never finding a place of any belonging she would just already have a shield to it and those disgusting words and I think the actress very very much carried that type of pain very well and that vulnerability uh, you said before she's tricked is she tricked it's hard to say because I don't think that she was, as the Bagra said, stupid, naive girl, easily led by the nose, but rather such a good performance in essence of someone finally saying like, oh, no, I think you should belong. And who wouldn't give someone like that a chance that spoke to them in such a way? But I'm not going to get into spoiler territory. Instead... Push us into our final thoughts. Uh, Robert, why don't you start? Uh, I'm excited for more of it. You know, I think this is, uh, it It hits all the, the benchmarks for Netflix, which is, it's it's bingeable. It's like things you've seen, but it's a slightly di- different take. It's bi- 
based on some existing IP. So it will bring in more people, which some people don't like develop stuff, but that's also how you get more people watching, which is how you get more seasons. So I think this was a really cool choice. You know, it's being referred to as maybe, you know, the next torch bearer for fantasy coming after, um, game of Thrones. And, uh, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Like I, I like the action. I like the characters. I like the world. I like the, the, the bad guy that just don't quit like, Oh, and making memorial. Like, let's keep going. I, I love the world and that there could be more and bigger stuff out there. I'm really into it, but I'm going to give my eight out of 10 shout outs to the visual effects guys, because this is really well done. There's one shot I didn't care for of a sunset for two seconds in one of the episodes that I didn't care for, but otherwise like Bravo, man, I know it's 2021, but the, the the stuff was done really well, and I, I can't wait to see uh, where it goes. Elliot, final thoughts? I think I came off kind of negative in this review, and I really was kind of down on the show for the first half of it. I was just so confused by a lot of it, and I think, you know, that could probably be cleared up by rewatching it. Thinking back, I actually kind of had the same thing with Game of Thrones in the first couple of seasons. I had to rewatch them to really kind of get into that show, and I do... You know, I don't love that show, but I love those first couple seasons. Um, there's a lot of really interesting world building in this show. I really appreciate it for not sticking to the kind of typical Lord of the Rings um, tropes of fantasy, but also not, you know, it's it's kind of, it's almost steampunk adjacent, but it's not steampunk really. It's It really is kind of its own thing. There's a lot of really cool characters. The, the acting is great kind of all across the board, I thought. Every actor was really well cast and was really bringing their A game. Um, Kaz's gang was great. Uh, I, I, Jesper was probably my favorite character. Um, I, I'm kind of interested in reading these books, to be honest, because um, I, I did like a lot about this show. Um, it really picks up towards the back half of the season for me. There's a couple of reveals, especially about the big bad, that I felt maybe could have come a little bit earlier. It's it's good for kids. I agree that this is a um, a good entryway into fantasy for kids, especially if you don't want your kids to be caught up in the in the typical sort of uh, chronicles of Pridey and Lord of the Rings um, tropes of fantasy. So I'm going to give this a seven out of ten. Golden Veils. Very nice. Harmony. I really enjoyed this. Um, I binged it in about a day. <laughs> because I had so much stuff I had to do over the weekend. Um, I, the scenery is beautiful. The cast is beautiful. The costumes are beautiful. The CGI is really good. <laughs> it's beautiful in places, you know, there's the, the magic. Um, I would like to learn more about the magic mechanics or the, the, the small sciences mechanics of being able to summon things and I hope eventually we'll get into that in future seasons but I definitely see this as being many seasons long show it was very enjoyable um oh there's something else I was gonna say but uh yeah I I really enjoyed this I highly recommend it I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten um emotional support goats (laughs) very wonderful No, and I agree with a lot of what you're all saying. General Kirigan, who is the bad guy in the book, they just call him the Darkling. I guess that's a little bit too much on the nose. Played by Ben Barnes, which I think did a pretty good job. It's really always fun to see him. 
And I loved this trio so much. Every time, every time that Inej and uh, Jesper would whip out their weapons, she has knives, he has guns. They're both insanely dangerous, but so cute. <laughs> just wonderful people. I'd be friends with these people, or at least I'd want to be. Because otherwise you'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, otherwise you'd Don't be dead. Don't get to the bad side. would be like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, we, we got to go to the White Crow and uh, have some drinks so we can uh, see Jesper and Inesh. And my wife would be like, you never go up and talk to them. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, what would they say if I did? <laughs> Anyways. And I like the I like this kind of long fantasy. It's kind of drawn out because at its base, it's a very simple premise. Evil man wants to rule all uh, citizens either agree or disagree with that. Maybe our chains aren't so bad, which is a little heavy for the younger kids. So this is definitely when we say kids, a young adult and up. But I loved reading this story to prepare for it. I absolutely loved watching it with my spouse and kind of talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, what the show excelled at, what the book excelled at. And I like that this uh, this young actress playing Alina, I'm going to say her name again, that's Jessie Mae Lee, has kind of a franchise on her hands. And uh, with these other young actors, I think they're going to be carrying it for a while. And I look forward to see where it's going to go. So I would recommend people watch this, and I'm also going to give it Eight bullets in the chambers of two ten shooters. If that's a thing. Is that I have no idea. The yeah. six shooter gun? Six, I said I ten a, shooter? Yeah. Oh, no. no, don't worry about All it. All the gun nuts are like, oh, you did so good until then. Review crap. I was agreeing with you, and then you fucked up the gun. You, you can find the ten shooters on the floating aisle, I think. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The floating aisle. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> 